The Trev and Ben Show. Broadcasting to the London Borough of Croydon. This is Croydon Radio. Arctic Monkeys, Arabella. And now, Trevor Smith and Ben Harmer. They don't deserve mouths. The Trev and Ben Show. Good morning to you. Welcome to Croydon Radio and welcome to the Trev and Ben Show. Good morning. It's a pre-recorded show today, Ben. Oh, God. Don't say, oh, God, because I'm on holiday. I'm having a nice, relaxing time. Thank you very much. been back on air one week and we're already fobbing them off with a pre-record. Well, I'm sorry. It wasn't my fault we were off air for all that time, was it? It had nothing to do with me. I had a holiday booked. I'm entitled to... To a rest. <laughs> Where's my rest? <laughs> I'm entitled to a bit of R and R. I'm on the Isle of Wight. Oh yeah, and that's the only place to go for a little bit of R and R, isn't it? Is it? Yeah, there's nowhere else worth going, is there? The Isle of Wight's a very sleepy place. Oh, it suits me fine. It's full of old people. You know, I get on very well. well wasn't there people. some important figure recently said it was full of inbreeding and nastiness? Yes, I think that was something to do with education. <laughs> yeah, he, he subsequently resigned. Oh. Because uh, it's not that sort of place, Ben. I've been there before. There's no inbreeding going on. Yeah, it was the head of Ofsted, wasn't it? Um, I don't know. It was someone quite high up in education. I know <laughs> that much. So, not probably his finest moment. No. I wouldn't have thought. Uh, anyway, it might well be a pre-recorded show, Ben. And you may well be unhappy about it that but there's nothing i can do <laughs> but we do have all the usual stuff to come in the next two hours do we uh, think the link in about 25 minutes um quite a straightforward one today because of course you will be on your own ben thank you uh anything goes our brand new feature your turn to pick today's song ben have you got something good for us i've got a belter have you yeah oh i'm very excited about that uh new music at 10 today it's temper cartel and their brilliant song bad influence uh the compendium the new look Mm. Compendium, Ben. Are we doing that? Try and stop me. I'm very excited about the new look compendium. It's uh, two weeks in, and I, d- I don't know. It's keeping me awake at night, because every <laughs> week I think there's a new game, and I'm very excited by it. No? Nah. You're, not, you're not quite so much? <laughs> well, uh, uh, yes, I'm very excited, because of course I know what the games are. Excellent. Uh, also, the pub quiz. Today's category is television. Uh, we do that at about uh, quarter to eleven. Uh, also to come, I had a very embarrassing moment shopping yesterday, Ben. Oh, do tell. Uh, I know. And um, something horrible is in beer. What? Yeah, it's all to come in the next two hours, right here on the Trev and Ben Show. Morning. Clash, Rock the Casbah on Croydon Radio. It's the Trev and Ben Show. And it's a pre-recorded show today because I am on holiday, Ben. And it's lovely being on holiday, isn't it? I don't know. I remember the last time I went on holiday. Oh, I do feel sorry for you. You should Not too much, of course. (laughs) (laughs) Not my fault if you're not having a holiday, is it? No, no. Why are you not having a holiday? Oh, I don't know. I'm moving house at the moment, so that's my priority. Well, that's almost a holiday, isn't it? Oh, yes. Yeah. It's almost a holiday. All that joy of dealing with people. Knock you out with the microphone. (laughs) Well, it's a good time for me to be having a holiday because I'll be honest with you, Ben. uh, Work's been a bit quiet for a few weeks. So you need a holiday from that, do you? Well, you know, it's just it's a quiet time of year for me. Need a rest from all your rest. <laughs> so it means I can go away without missing out on too much freelance work. Good. Now, the only thing when work is very quiet is I find myself at a loose end quite often. Hmm. And I don't know about you, Ben, but I get bored very quickly. Do I want to hear this? What do you mean, do you want to hear it? Well, go on. I get bored very quickly, so I need to find new ways of entertaining myself. Yeah. And um, one of the new ways I've found of entertaining myself is to find new television programmes that I enjoy. And as you know, I love a good detective story. Yeah. I love uh, Columbo. He's my favourite. But one of the shows I've been watching, because it's on sort of in the afternoon, is Murder, She Wrote. I don't think I've ever seen a single episode of that. Well, I must admit, I sort of remember it uh, from my childhood, and nobody in my family liking it at all. It would sort of come on, and it had that plinky-plonky intro music, and it would go off. Yeah. yeah my, my dad and my family go, we're not watching this. <laughs> and um, I don't know why we didn't watch it. It's amazing. I never even understood the title. Well, <laughs> well, she's a, uh, she's a, she's a novelist. She writes um, murder mysteries. Right. But this is the amazing thing about Murder, She Wrote, and this is why I've got into it, because she's incredible, this woman. Everywhere she goes, there's a murder. 
Hmm. And she's never a suspect. Wait, I was going to say. Never. She must be the common thread. I know, which I find extraordinary. And um, whenever she's somewhere, there's a murder. It's often someone she knows as well, which is a bit close to home, isn't it? You know, mm. it's not it's unlikely that so many people you know are murdered. Um, <laughs> but then she starts building her own investigation. And the police are trying, but the police are always useless. Hang on a minute. Is she a writer or is she a police officer? She's a writer. Well, then why why are the police allowing this woman to sniff around crime scenes? Because the police are so useless. And then this is the thing, you've hit the nail right on the head there, because she is allowed to sniff around crime scenes. There doesn't seem to be anyone saying, hang on, you can't come in here. (laughs) You know, we haven't done forensics yet. I'm sure there's police cordons and things for this. Yeah, no, she seems to be allowed through, because she's always very friendly with the detectives. And uh, the detectives always say, oh, this is an open and shut case. It's all, uh, you know, suicide. Definitely suicide. Side. And then she'll be going, well, I don't know. And it's amazing how often she is so right. Well, it's, it's not called suicide, she wrote, is it? <laughs> it's not. <laughs> but then I, I've started to flick around the channels now because, you know, when you're bored, there's not a lot to do. So you start flicking through the channels. And I caught the other day a bit of Miss Marple. This is how bored I am. Never seen that either. By the way. And that's the same. I don't even know what Miss Marple is. Again, I don't think she's anything to do with law enforcement. <laughs> and yet she's a right old busybody, poking her nose in left, right and centre. And again, she's the one always solving the cases. Mm. Why isn't the police looking at these people and saying, I think we need them to stay away and not get involved, or let's investigate them, because everywhere they turn, there's a murder. Or think, well, every week this woman's getting the right answer. She's solving the case every week. Let's employ her. Yeah, because she doesn't seem to do much writing either these days. <laughs> you know, she doesn't have time to write. She's always solving murders. Um, and it also got me thinking, I don't know if you've ever seen this, Father Brown. No, I've never even heard of that one. You see, that's another old sort of thing. I, I don't know who wrote that. Is it P.D. James or somebody like that? And it's a similar thing in that he's a vicar, and there's always a murder and this sounds slightly different because the police don't like him getting involved oh good they're always saying to him keep your clerical nose out <laughs> things like that and all oh, but he, he won't stop he's a strident so-and-so yeah yeah perseverance is his code of conduct <laughs> what's his day job uh he's a vicar He's a vicar. He's a vicar, but he could go around and he gets himself into where he shouldn't be going. Do you know what I mean? He'll pretend to be someone else to get access to somewhere so he can work out the answer. And I just think all of these shows are very similar. Hang on, thou shalt not lie, surely. Well, I think when there is a murder to be solved, you can do what you damn well like. You don't want a deceitful vicar. That's very true, you don't want a deceitful vicar. But unfortunately, when it comes to crime fighting, Ben, I think it's better to be deceitful. That seems to be the conclusion that I've come to. Well, I think we, I think this needs all sorts of new investigations now. I bet he's got his hand in the collection plate. <laughs> that's, that's a little bit low. <laughs> he hasn't got his hand in the collection plate. He's Father Brown, he's too busy sorting out murders, Ben. <laughs> And sorting out the... I'll tell you why he's got his hand in the collection plate. Because that money's going to the victims, the survivors <laughs> of the massacres in whatever tiny village he's in. <laughs> Blondie, one way or another on Croydon Radio. You're right, Ben, you've been sneezing away there. Oh, I'm, I'm, it's killing me, this pre-record. You've got a very bad cold, haven't you? I have. You've got that look of a man who's got man flu. I'm hoping that by the time we get round to this going out, I've, I've beaten it, but it's, it's taken its toll. Why have you got a cold in the middle of summer? I know. Um, I, well, I've got a theory. Yeah. But I'm not... I thought it was an old wives' tale. Because, I mean, you're not a scientist or a doctor, are you? I'm not. I'll tell you what I did. I'll tell <laughs> you what... I don't think I was in anywhere... I don't think I was around anyone else who was sick, but I do know that the other day what I did do was I got out of the bath... And I wasn't completely dry when I got dressed. That's a bad mistake. Is it? I thought that was an old wives' tale. Did you go out with wet hair? That is an old wives' tale. I know that one. (laughs) It's like you can go swimming after eating. Yes. You can. I mean, you might get indigestion, but... You might get that anyway. (laughs) Um, So you you weren't quite dry. You put your clothes on. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know about that. Um, Because, I mean, that's just to say it was putting some damp clothes on, isn't it? And I've done that a lot and don't get a cold. Hmm. So maybe it's just a coincidence, but I, I don't know. Have you been medicating? I haven't because I don't I don't feel too bad in myself, but I am just quite drippy and <laughs> nice. I've been sneezing a lot and 
you can probably hear in my voice I'm not quite my normal lovely self <laughs> do you get do you get grumpy when you've got a cold I, I only start getting grumpy when I can't stop sneezing or dripping. The dripping's quite nasty. And um, do you use sort of nasal sprays and all those sort of things? Oh, no. No? No. Oh, I'll tell you what, if I've got a really bad cold, I'm a nasal spray user. Really? Yeah, and abuser, probably. <laughs> you know, you put it up there. It's, you can't beat it, Ben. Isn't that going to make you sneeze more? No, no, it's, it clears it. Clears it. You can smell the flowers, Ben. You can smell the. You can almost smell the honey in the air as the bees fly by. I can't smell anything at the moment. <laughs> no, you need some nasal spray. <laughs> so you're not taking anything. What's the, what medication are you taking? Nothing. Beer. 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 Beer is the big one. Well, I'm regularly taking beer just to be on the safe side. Is that really a, a, a medication for the common cold? Well, I thought you might ask that. So I did check the other day. Uh, I googled it. Is, is beer any good for it? And, and you'll never guess it is. It is. It is. I don't uh, believe it. Apparently hops are one of the three basic ingredients of beer, along with water and barley, and it contains a chemical compound called humalone, which I'm probably not pronouncing correctly, uh, which can help the human body fight the virus that causes the common cold. Wow. It could be something else in the beer. Really? Tell me what, what, what the main ingredients of beer there? Uh, I think it was hops, barley and water, was it? Uh, or- hops, barley, water, a bit uh. of yeast... Thrown in there. Bit of yeast, yeah. Yeah. Bit of malt, maybe. It's the hops that make you have the uh, dodgy tummy, isn't it? Is it? I think so. Oh. What about the swim bladder of a fish? The what? The swim bladder of a fish. The swim bladder mm. of a fish. Yeah, it's in beer. What's a swim bladder? The swim bladder is um, an organ in fish which makes them uh, able to swim, effectively. And if, they, what? If, they, if their swim bladder gets um, knackered for any reason, they can't swim very well. And why would that be in my beer? Apparently, it's in beer because it helps keep it clear. It's like a gelatin-type substance, and it's been used in beer since the 19th century, where they don't tell you. I only found out this week. Hmm. And, of course, for people that are vegans, that's a major issue, isn't it? They've been drinking beer thinking they're fine, and they've been, uh, you know, downing a bit of swim bladder. Oh, I didn't know vegans could drink beer anyway. Well, there's nothing animal in there, is there? Well, I didn't know. Well, apparently there is. Well, there is, yes. <laughs> well, yeah, we didn't know that. But, I mean, if you're a vegan, you didn't know about the swim ladder, you would assume that a beer is okay for a vegan to drink, I know, you? I don't know. I don't quite understand what the vegan rules are. They seem very annoying people. <laughs> annoying people? Yeah. You can't say that about the vegans. I can. What do you mean you, you can't? I can. How do you know if someone's vegan? <laughs> I don't know. They'll tell you in about three seconds. <laughs> that is very true. <laughs> or they're just walking around with some pumpkin seeds <laughs> in a little bag, aren't they? <laughs> Offering you a bit of uh, corn, corn mm. on the cob. <laughs> so I don't like that I've been drinking that without knowing. Why do you need to be putting bits of fish in a beer anyway? It doesn't need to be that clear, does it? No. If you have a beer that isn't clear, does that bother you? Uh, it depends how cloudy it is. If it's off, then I don't want it. No, I mean, obviously you don't want an off beer. No. But I don't mind a bit of cloudiness. As long as it tastes all right and it's doing its job. A friend of mine, uh, he does that homebrew thing. And he's done it on and off over the last sort of 15 years or so. Do people really do that with beer? Yeah, yeah. I thought it was just prisoners that did that. (laughs) No, no. Got a bottle of hooch going. (laughs) What he he did was, uh, I remember when he was about 18, 19, when he was at uni, and he first used to do it with his mates. Oh, God, they made some horrible stuff. I bet. And it looked horrible, it tasted horrible, but it would blow your head off. (laughs) So you would drink it anyway. I'd go around their house, and they'd go, oh, do you want some homebrew? And I'd be, oh, no, not really. But you just hold your nose down it, and after about three, you're away with the fairies. It's incredible. And recently, now that he's older, he said to me, I'm going to try it again. Uh, So uh, he was trying it again, and I said to him, "Uh, how did it go? And he said, oh, I'm going to have to throw it all away, I think. I've messed up all the temperatures. I've I've messed it all up. Uh, Anyway, he didn't throw it away, and he decided to give one a go, and he thinks it was wonderful. So he sent one to me to try. I've got to say, oh, it was lovely. Really? Yeah, it was clear as anything. It was light. It was fresh. It was bubbly. You think, do you know what? You could could do this now. Now that he's worked it out, and he might have got it wrong, but in my mind, he got it right. Very right. <laughs> My mum used to make wine when I was younger. Yeah. And I always remember the random, the occasional random popping of a cork in the kitchen as it was uh, fermenting in the bottle. You know, sometimes it would just get a little bit too violent. Oh, right. And he'd be, sometimes in the middle of the night, you'd be woken up by a massive sort of... and and, yeah i remember once being terrified hearing this noise and this panic in the house and it turned out it was a couple of bottles that overnight had got a little bit warm it had got a little bit uh little bit lively and had uh burst its own corks 
That would have scared me. Love Shack, the B-52s on Croydon Radio. Think the link. So think the link, Ben. Well, I'm on my own this week. You are on your own, and um, that's why I've made it very easy for you. I mean, feel free if you are listening to send us a message. Somebody might be listening, you never know. (laughs) Well, there are three songs to identify and somewhere there's a link between them. Could be the artist, the title, the lyric, you know, the score by now, of course, Ben. And I've made this one quite easy for you because you are on your own. Thanks, mate. See, told you easy. Ooh. You know it. I might need to hear it again. You know it. Okay, here they are again. Okay, I don't know all of the components, but I think I might be onto something. All right, well, uh, you can still get involved. Ben is manning social media right now. You can get in touch with us on the shoutbox, coinradio.com, or send us a tweet. It's at Trevor and Ben. We're looking for the link between these three songs. Good luck then, Ben. You're on your own. Thank you. That's all right. Uh, now, you mentioned um, vegans. I did. And um, I just wondered, how I, you, you didn't really come across as a fan of the vegan. They seem quite whingy, don't they? <laughs> well, I'm not saying anything. Uh, do you think they're the sort of same people that would be a bit fussy about germs and that sort of thing? I'm a bit fussy about germs, oh, yeah. so I don't mind people like that. How fussy are you about germs? But I'm quite fussy, but you see, I've obviously let my guard down at some point this week, haven't I? Because <laughs> I'm not very fussy about germs. The one thing I am very fussy about is uh, if I've touched raw meat. Yeah? I hate touching... I don't actually like touching raw meat. If I can avoid touching raw meat, I will. But if I touch any raw meat, even if it's just... A, even if my hand just rubs the top of a bit of bacon, I will then scrub my hands relentlessly. Really? Yeah, that, that's that with you. That's the one thing I don't like. I don't like raw meat. That frightens me. So I couldn't come to you and say, right, forget this radio lark. Let's do Trevor Ben's burgers. You're on patty duty. <laughs> You've got to, you know, get your hands in all the raw mints. No, oh no. Squeeze it through your fingers. And no, no, no. Don't do that. I mean, if, if I'm wearing gloves, fine. But not with my bare hands. I don't like. I don't like. I don't like uh, getting my hands dirty in food. To be honest, could you touch a cow? I could touch a cow. Could you touch a fish? Of course, I could touch could a fish. Catch a fish out of the sea or out of a river and, and handle it. Of course, I've done that. I'm a fisherman. So, at what point do you get all girly about it? <laughs> well, it, it's not getting girly about it. I just don't like raw uh, dead meat. We can't get much rawer than alive, can it? Uh, yeah, but, but it's alive. So? I'm not touching... Uh, you know, it's covered in some sorts of protective material, whether that be fur, hair, something like that. Do you know what I mean? A fish wouldn't be. No, no it's got scales on, doesn't it? Yeah, some, you, know, you might have to descale your own fish. Yeah, well, that's... Um, <laughs> but I'm not touching what is essentially the insides of an animal, am I? Oh, you're precious. I didn't know that about you. <laughs> well, it's just something I don't like. <laughs> Don't like touching raw meat. Uh, but apart from that, I'll be honest with you, germs don't really bother me. You know, I, I can live with most mess, to be honest. Yeah. Um, and I get a bit fed up with all these things, you know, about, uh, oh, you know, such and such is, is more dangerous to you than licking your toilet seat. Do you oh, know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I've heard all that, yeah. Well, there's a new one this week, and this might bother you if you're a bit fussy about germs, Ben. Go on. Because uh, you drive for a living. I do. And um, basically... If you have to go to a petrol station, which I'm assuming you do on a relatively regular basis... Unfortunately, yep. uh, The petrol pump is worse than licking a toilet seat. Really? Yet refilling your car, it's an unavoidable thing, and grasping that pump tightly in your hand, Ben, is dangerous. I have been known to... When you use the ATM, I have been known to push the buttons in the corners, because I think... (laughs) Everyone else's dirty great fingers going straight in the middle of the button. Really? So I'll push the button by the corner of the button, and that way I'm avoiding all that germ. That's a very odd thing to do, because that's, <laughs> that's not happening, is it, really? Especially like people like me, I've got fat old fingers. I'm covering the whole button, you know, and, and I'm wiping it around. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I'm, I'm doing that on purpose. Cheers. Just for people like you. But no, the petrol pump is apparently one of the most polluted bits of equipment that you will touch in a day on average more than eleven thousand times more bacteria on the petrol pump than your common household toilet seat wow i you know i did fill up recently so maybe that's where i got this cold you see 
You're learning something. I'm saving your life here, Ben. But they do have a little dispenser there for the uh, gloves so that you can put on protective gloves, don't they? Yeah, but I always find those gloves a bit of a pain because I've got big hands, you know. Uh, you know what they say about people with big hands, Ben. Big gloves. <laughs> and, and I find that those, those gloves are never big enough for my hands. And normally they kind of sit on it. The, the, you know, I can't put them on fully, so I've got bits flopping about at the end of the fingers. It's no good to me, Ben. I need big, proper big gloves, and they don't they don't cater for people of my hand size. Well, that is true, they don't, but also I'm not going to be the bloke putting on gloves to fill up the car with petrol. You're not? Why is Never. That? I'd rather get ill. Underground Ocean and Get Me Out on Croydon Radio. We featured them on We Love New Music a few weeks back. Coming up at 10 today, it's Temper Cartel. Now, we were talking about hygiene. Yes. And I'm moving house at the moment, or God willing. Uh, I would say this is a pre-record, so if it's all fallen through, I might just throw myself off the top of a building <laughs> by now. But oh, come on. Is it, we've already established that it's good fun. It's hell. <laughs> People who say that moving house is the most stressful thing you can do, mm. they're not exaggerating it enough. <laughs> is it really that bad? I mean, I've only moved three times in my life. They were quite stressful, but I wasn't buying. I was renting. I don't see myself ever moving ever again. You think this is it now? I'll You're be in this place somewhere. till I die. <laughs> <laughs> somewhere to grow old in. That's a nice thought. Uh, but anyway, back on the subject of hygiene. Mm. Are uh, you buying somewhere that is really unhygienic? <laughs> no, I was. We basically we only we're only going to have the one toilet in the house, and it's going to be upstairs. Okay. And a future project I quite like would be a downstairs toilet. It's very good to have a downstairs toilet. But we were sort of thinking about where it could go. And then the missus told me that apparently, for hygiene reasons, you're not allowed to put a downstairs toilet connecting to the kitchen. Oh. You know, I pointed out that someone in my family has a house with a toilet connected to the kitchen in the next room. And uh, she said, oh yeah, that's because that person, uh, they had that installed before that became law. Oh, I see. And I said, what? I thought, it's my house. I can put a toilet wherever I want. You can have a toilet in every room if you so wish. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. But apparently no. And I wondered if you knew about that, but obviously didn't. you're as clueless as me. I mean, when they say connected to the kitchen, I mean, what sort of barrier has to be in place, well, they, which means it's not connected? They just sort of meant it can't be in the next room. Well, it's just a friend of mine moved into his house, what was it, about four years ago? And they had a downstairs toilet put in, out in a sort of workshop that is connected to their kitchen. But you have to go through what is effectively a back door, I suppose, to get to it. Hmm. But it's still connected to the kitchen. It's still effectively in the next room. But I suppose it's technically an outside area. I don't know. That's a weird one. That's another myth we need to solve, then. Yes. I don't understand this. And what's wrong? I can have a toilet where I want. That's what I thought. I want one in the kitchen. <laughs> well, when I was um, when I was very little, I don't remember this. Um, but my mum and dad, they were in a house that didn't have an upstairs bathroom. Oh. So the bath was at the end of the kitchen. Not in the same room. Yeah. Not really. Yeah, you'd have a bath at the end of the kitchen. And it was only when, you know, at some point there were grants to get an upstairs bathroom that uh, that, that happened and it was out. But I remember the old lady who lived down the road from us. Uh, she always had a bath at the end of the uh, the kitchen. No. Yeah, and because I didn't remember it um, as a child in our house because I was too young, but I was intrigued by this, having a bath in the kitchen. That's amazing. So you could be in the bath, splashing about, and someone just pops in to make a sandwich. Yeah, I suppose you'd have a little curtain or something you would draw across, you know, to protect your modesty. Mm. But, I mean, in the old days, it would be a tin bath, wouldn't it? It would be a tin bath brought in uh, in front of the fire in the living room. I suppose it'd be handy, you know, if you ever wanted to make a, a massive batch of soup. Yes. Yeah? You could, th- th- what, do it all in one, you mean? Yeah. But then you're, you're, you're basically marinating yourself, isn't it? I wouldn't be suggesting you would be in the bath. I just think when you, when you weren't in the bath, you'd have an enormous great vessel in the kitchen you could use to make soup. Yeah, no, I see that. You could make a big old soup or a casserole even in the bath while you're not in it. Yeah. But you still wouldn't want the toilet directly in the kitchen, would you? Not directly. I mean, do you think there's a, a case for not having a toilet in the house at all? And go back to the old days when it was outside? No, I think we've uh, we've moved on. Because I remember uh, an episode of Mythbusters, and I don't, I don't want to get, uh, you know, scatological at this time <laughs> on a Sunday morning. But I remember them doing a test about um, faecal matter on toothbrushes. Yeah. So that in your bathroom, you know, when you're, you're abluting, <laughs> there are particles that supposedly enter the airwaves and can land on your toothbrush. 
right? <sighs> Enjoy your breakfast, everybody. <laughs> and then they did a thing where they tested a toothbrush that hadn't been in a room with a toilet, still had the same amount of bits of fecal matter on it. Well, I guess fecal matter's everywhere then. Yeah, basically, don't brush your teeth. That's my advice. So it's our uh, brand new feature, Ben. Anything goes. Yes. Where basically um, we take it in turns to have a free pass because let's be honest, we don't always like each other's. Musical options. No, not always. And sometimes I'll, I'll admit if you pick something I don't like, I can be rude about it, Ben. You can be. And this is a free pass. We take it in turns. Last week I had Bernard Cribbins, of course. This week it's your turn to choose whatever you like, Ben, without any ifs or buts. So I've, what have you got for us? Uh, I've chosen a good one this week. Have you? Yeah, the one I've picked this week is just because I, I love it and it's been in my head for about a month. It's called Dancing on My Own by Callum Scott. Do you know what? I like this song. Oh, you stunned me. I, I thought you'd hate this. Why? Well, for the same reason you wouldn't let me play Adele twice. Why, what, because it's a bit depressing? Yeah. Well, it, this is a bit depressing, but it's not quite as depressing as Adele, is it? <laughs> this one seems to have a slightly happier, plinky-plonky bit of piano to it. Well, I love this. Be you don't see me Dancing on My Own by Callum Scott. Good choice, Ben. Thank you. I'll let you have that. I thought you'd hate it. No, I, do you know what? Uh, I, I know I've gone on about this before, but uh, you know recently I was uh, doing Top of the Pops. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I keep banging on about that, don't <laughs> I? You know, I did it for three weeks, and in about 20 years I'm going, have I ever told you about the time I did Top <laughs> of the Pops? But that was on every week because it was still in the charts, and it was one that grew on me, Good. I must admit. Yeah, so you didn't so. like it at first? No, I thought it was a bit downbeat <laughs> early on but um yeah night no, grew on me so good choice uh so um yes that's anything goes we do that every week and ben and i will take it in turns but if you have any suggestions uh it can be absolutely anything there are no ifs or buts for this feature uh, let us know it's at trevor ben on twitter i'll send us a private message at viacroydenradio.com now i had a little bit of an embarrassing time in sainsbury's yesterday ben what did you do well i had to go shopping because it's my friend's daughter's first birthday party uh-huh. so i thought i'm going to sainsbury's see what i can buy uh, so then i get to the till and the woman at the till says something to me and i must admit i didn't quite catch what she said so i said oh sorry what was that she said oh i'm just going to and again i missed the word but basically she wanted to cash up her till okay. before serving me so this was the start of the very surreal moment she empties the till of all the money and she you know got all the 50 quid notes 20s looked like quite a lot of money ben yeah you know quite brave of her to just get it out in front of me and then she put it in that sort of tube thing you know that tube thing they put the money in i do know yeah and then she went to put it in that thing that you know that sort of thing that's sort of futuristic but now very dated yeah and um it didn't work and she shouted over to her colleague she went maureen Maureen, this thing's giving no suck whatsoever. Now, it's very difficult to let that go. If somebody says to you, Maureen, this thing's giving no suck whatsoever, you can't just let that go. So I'm laughing. I'm kind of there laughing. And she's looking at me as if to say, what are you laughing at? And I just said to her, oh, you know... I, I'm just enjoying watching you. Yeah. Yeah, that didn't go down no, well. That's that weird, very that's odd. A weird thing to say. Well, I didn't know what else to say. <laughs> I'm, I'm enjoying just, watching you. I'm so busy laughing at the sucking nonsense <laughs> that, that her um, slight apprehension at me laughing caused me to make it even more awkward. Because I'm just enjoying watching you. <laughs> so that was weird. Anyway, Maureen then comes over and Maureen takes the thing with the money in. So I thought to try and defuse the situation, I'll make another joke. Oh, yeah, because they've gone well this far. <laughs> so so she's, she's handed over all this money, and I went, well, that's the last you've seen of Maureen, isn't it? And she laughed a little bit at that. 
And then I said, next stop, Copacabana, eh, Maureen? Right. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> at which point, the woman serving me just looked at me and went, she's a very nice lady. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not suggesting she's really going to be doing a runner. I'm just suggesting that I was making a joke, love. Oh, no. I was making a Look, there's not enough suck here. That's <laughs> all I'm saying. Are you sure that tube wasn't, like, set on blow and it was, like, letting out <laughs> laughing gas or something? <laughs> so that didn't go down very well. And so I thought, well, the best thing I can do now is keep quiet. No, leave. Leave would have been the <laughs> best thing. Pay for the goods. No, no leave it. <laughs> right, so I'm paying for my goods, right, and I've got some shopping as well, and I've got the, got the children's toys, and then I'm packing my stuff, and then suddenly this starts going off. And that starts going off, and I can't turn the thing off. So she's now looking at me. This keeps going off, and I'm... Pushing the button. I'm just stop. I'm sure pushing the button makes it start again. <laughs> There's just nothing to do to turn this thing off, right? See, then it starts off again. I, then I hope to- that thing does shut up. We've got another hour and a bit of pre-record to do. I then have to walk from Sainsbury's. But it really doesn't shut up, it? Does doesn't. It? I then have to walk from Sainsbury's to my car with this going off the whole way. <laughs> People looking at me, and it flashes as well. As you can see, Ben, it flashes a little bit. And that can be seen through the bag. <laughs> so that's going off. My bag is flashing, and people are looking at me. I get back to my car, shove it in. Finally, it shuts up, right? And then I get home. Of course, take the bag out of my car. First thing it does is... And I'm like, oh, God. and then I've got people looking at me all over again. <laughs> so my trip to Sainsbury's wasn't exactly the success, the rip-roaring success no. that I hoped it would be. Blacking in and out in a strange flat in East London. One day this will all be over. Frank Turner and Recovery. It's the Trevor and Ben Show on Croydon Radio. Now, you know I've gone on to you at length about how much I dislike anything on two wheels on the road. Yeah, you're not a fan of the uh, the cyclist or motorcyclist, are you? I'm not. Uh, only because I'm... It, it, it's not just born out of nastiness. It is mainly worried about hitting them because they're yes. so vulnerable. And you being a van driver, of course, that's even scarier because that's a big vehicle. It is. I and mean, I get scared going past a cyclist in my car to be I give them such a wide berth just because well, I'm terrified. That's what I wanted to get on something. I, I've been clocking bikers coming up, mainly motorbikes because cyclists aren't normally catching me, but motorbikes. <laughs> um, if you deliberately get out of the way for them and give them a wide berth so they can overtake you, they give you a little very grateful wave. Do they? Yeah, I've never noticed it before. Mainly because I didn't give way. <laughs> yeah, you're too busy going over the top of them. <laughs> and I quite like... To be honest, this week I've got a little bit hooked on uh, gratitude. A little bit hooked on cyclist gratitude? Well, not cyclists, motorbikes. Uh, I let them pass. And if, oh. you, if you deliberately do it, then they gave you a little wave. Is it a wave where the hand moves? Is it like a royal wave? Is it just a hand in the air? What is it? It's a flat, open palm. A flat, open palm. Yeah, so you get the back of their hand. Little flat, open palm. Very nice. But there was a weird one this week. I pulled over. I thought, oh, here's my chance for a bit of gratitude because I'm a a needy human being. (laughs) I pulled over to the left and he comes past me. And instead of the usual flat hand, thank you, Mm -hmm. he he gave me a very odd. And I wanted to see if you can work out what was going on. Um, He gave me a very odd gesture. He was, if you imagine, now I know it's early in the morning, but if you imagine sort of, air fondling Mm. sort of as if there was a rather oh no I can't say it on a Sunday morning just just imagine fondling I think we know the gesture (laughs) a sort of starfish fondling fingers that's what (laughs) we're imagining here okay now I realised he isn't thanking me he's trying to tell me something is he trying to tell you that um, you know the boys are at the barracks (laughs) so what would you imagine is that that means that little um, I would imagine now because everything you put in my mind, <laughs> sorry, is sort of overtaking what I believe it could be. Does it mean your hazards on or your indicator is still on? Yes, that's exactly what it meant. Ah. The the, uh, the movement he was doing with his fingers was supposed to represent the flashing of a light. Ah. And what I hadn't realised is in the cruddy van I was in, the indicators don't cancel automatically. So I'd been indicating that I was about to turn right for the last three miles. <laughs> well, I think there's a lesson there, isn't there? Uh, what? Fix your van. <laughs> or if you're going to fondle, indicate. <laughs> Trev and Ben. 
We love new music. And every week at 10 o'clock, we'd like to introduce you to a new band or artist. This week, it's Temper Cartel. They started life as an Oxford-based writing partnership in July 2015. And although it's a relatively new project, Josh and Danny have been making music together since uh, early 2014 in a previous Oxford-based band. But after some very personally challenging times and a three-month hiatus and lineup change, Josh and Danny decided to take their music in a different, more alternative direction under the name Temper Cartel, and they've soon started to get noticed. This is their brilliant debut single. It's called Bad Influence. And we love new music. We love new music. This is Josh from Temper Cartel. This song's called Bad Influence. And you're listening to We Love New Music on The Trev and Ben Show. Enjoy. Do you want to get wasted On something that you've never tasted Your own medicine Is it really that bitter You say I'm a queen Well, I say you're a quitter, babe So don't take it out on me, darling Cause I'm a heavy hitter Temper Cartel and Bad Influence on We Love New Music. Great song, that. And you can find out more about them and check out when they're gigging and find out all about their latest releases by following them on Twitter at Temper Cartel. And don't forget, if you want to get your new music on the show, get in touch with us. It's at Trev and Ben on Twitter or send us a message via CroydonRadio.com. And don't forget, of course, you can upload all your new music onto the Croydon Radio website so that everyone can hear. But now we're back on air, Ben. There's no reason to go anywhere else, is there? No. You know, this is the path to fame, fortune, girls and bling. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Everyone knows that, of course. Uh, still to come on the show, we've got the compendium in about t- 10 minutes' time, the new look compendium. Can't wait. Can't wait. And the pub quiz a little bit later on. Uh, today's category is television, and we are, of course, doing Think the Link. Uh, if you just joined us, today is a pre-recorded show because I'm on holiday, which means Ben is on his own, but you can still take part. He's in charge of all social media, so you can still get in touch with us. And we are looking for the link between these three songs. <laughs> How you get on with that? Uh, I haven't really thought much more about it. I'm, f- I'm, I would say I'm about sixty percent confident in my current answer. Okay. Well, uh, if you want to take part, it's uh, at Trevor Men on Twitter or send us a message via CroydonRadio.com. Now I mentioned earlier on about my new toilet, my, my hopes for my new toilet. <laughs> yes, yeah. you set your standards for fulfillment very low. I mean, you? Yeah, dream big, that's my motto. <laughs> but I'm, I'm having a, an absolute nightmare moving at the moment. I know that everyone says it's, but it really, really is. And I think, I've got, I think I'm getting it worse than most people. Well, you say that. What, what, let, let's hear about it. Well, my You're not going to be nasty about the wonderful people that work in the uh, estate agency world. That's another thing. <laughs> I have never really understood why people hate estate agents so much. Until now. (laughs) Until now. Now I could write a book on why people hate estate agents so much. I will just give you one example of something incredible that happened to me with my estate agent. Okay. We were... Now, this fell through in the end, so this didn't matter, but it, it was annoying. We were told we were two days away from exchanging the contracts. I mean, that's big news, isn't it? That is a big deal. That's big news. That was supposed to be happening on the Friday. Okay. On the Wednesday, so two days before, yeah. we get a email through from our solicitors. Now, I won't bore you with the details. Basically, the people who are buying our house have a massive misinterpretation of something we thought we cleared up earlier on. Oh, no. And it's thrown a massive spanner in the works and... We're two days away from exchange. We need to get this sorted out. So I had to go to work. The missus calls up the estate agents, explained what the problem was. They said, oh, that's very strange. We'll look into that. We'll get back to you. Four hours later, (laughs) they hadn't got back to us. I can imagine now that the anger is beginning to rise. Oh, yes. Yeah. So I phone up and I get told, oh, she's just on a phone call at the moment. She'll be off at any minute. And then she'll give you a ring back. Yeah, that's a lie. She's gone home. 45 minutes later, (laughs) I uh, lose my patience and I decide to call again. So that's my wife who's called once, for anyone keeping count. I have called once and not got through. I call for the third time of the day, which is actually the first time I will speak to her. 
She picks up the phone. So you weren't on the phone anymore, love. So where was my call? <laughs> anyway, let's put that to one side. I told her who it was. I said, hello, how are you? And she said to me, I'm sorry, I'm not being rude, but could you just leave us alone? What? Apparently... She said that to you? She had uh, been having a bit of a stressful day. And um, uh, she thought we were harassing her. And uh, she said, I'm sorry if that sounds rude. And I said, yes, it does sound rude. rude. In fact, it doesn't sound rude. It is rude. (laughs) And uh, she basically told me she was looking into it, but couldn't possibly get anything done today because of the amount of time she was having to deal with us. And she couldn't even pick up a folder without being interrupted by us. Well, you only phoned three times. Yeah, and only spoken to her twice. Once to, <laughs> once to inform her of the problem, and the third time chasing up where my callback was. So what did you say? I just t- told her that that was extremely rude, and I was the, me- the reason I was calling back, or, you know, having to call back, was A, because she hadn't returned my phone call in the first place, and B, because we're supposed to be exchanging contracts in two days, and we've got a massive problem. And then she said, oh, well, why didn't you just tell your solicitor about it? Because you told us four hours ago not to do anything yet until you call us back. <laughs> oh, she sounds useless, man. Oh. You are never going to sell this house. This is the tip of the incompetent iceberg that has been <laughs> this useless estate agent. I, I, you wouldn't... Be- the, the other person, we weren't even supposed to be dealing with her. We were supposed to be dealing with some other guy who we called with a problem on Monday. This is going to sound like a Craig David song. We called him with a problem on Monday. He promised us an answer by Tuesday. By Wednesday, he assured us we'd have one by Thursday. By Thursday, we were informed... He'd He'd gone off to get married and was gone for the next four weeks. What was the problem? And I had to explain everything all over oh, again. Man. I was fit to throttle them. I'm not surprised. Anyway, it turns out she called us back about 15 minutes later to sincerely apologise. And basically what she said was she's having a stressful day and she'd just spoken to our solicitors. She'd just spoken to another estate agent. She'd been dealing with our case a lot that day. She was very stressed and decided to take all her incompetence out on me. Wow, she sounds horrific. She really is. And this is the thing, right? I think this is the thing about estate agents. And as I said earlier, I've never bought my own property, but I've, I've dealt with estate agents when I've been moving to rent. And because I suppose when you are selling a property, there is so much money involved and so many people involved that you can't just sort of say, do you know what? If you're going to be that rude to me, you can forget the whole thing. I'm Mm. not going to go with you. You can forget your commission. You're not getting a penny. I'm going elsewhere. But that means you're back to square one. Absolutely. And so you can't do that. And as you can, as you know, from the story, you can tell how far along we are. We we are quite, we are too deep for me to (laughs) tell her to walk the plank at this point. I know. But there must be a way of saying, well, I'm going to withhold so much money so you get less commission because you can't be dealing with people like that no i can't do anything like that unfortunately but i think i may be leaving her a a very very choicely worded review that's that's all you could do these days isn't it i mean that's the only redress is a review yeah (laughs) (laughs) Uh, let me tell you my estate agent story i'll tell you two very quick things about my experiences with estate agents when i was looking for my first flat Uh, We went to lots of properties and my dad came with me because I know nothing about property. So I thought it's good to have someone that might know a little bit. So we go into these, um, all these terrible properties he was showing me. I suppose my budget was quite low on my monthly rent, but my God, he was showing me some dreadful places. And we went to this one place and he said, oh, this place is lovely. It's just been redecorated and uh, I think you're really going to like it. So we walked in and I'll tell you what, the first thing I thought was, do you know what? I do like this. It's roomy. It's got a nice feel about it. But then we moved into the main living area where the redecorating process had happened. I don't know who had redecorated this, but I would imagine they had no experience of redecorating. (laughs) There was a cupboard on the wall that was far from straight. Um, The carpet... I don't think the carpet they bought was the right size for the room because it sort of had waves in it. It was just oh. too big for the room. And, and of course, like a, like a man in a clothes shop, he went, oh, that'll go down with wear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you haven't got the right size carpet in this place, have you? I know, but the estate agents do that. The, the room could be flooded and they'd say, <laughs> lovely water feature there. <laughs> yeah. When they go to the bathroom, there's a washing machine next to the bath. That doesn't strike me as safe because there's wires <laughs> very near to the uh, the water end of things. Yeah. So that wasn't something that I approved of. Um, but even then, I'm still thinking, do you know what? I really actually like the space. But then as we were leaving, my dad noticed that there were wires leading all the way up to the door of the flat that I was looking at that were then linked 
to the light in the main hallway uh, that were then linked to some electric board in the hallway that then went into one of the other flats downstairs. Ah. So my dad looked at all of this and he sort of said to me on the quiet, he said, this doesn't look very legal to me. (laughs) He said, I've got a feeling that somebody is um, siphoning the electricity off somebody else's bill. But he said, the main thing is that this is just shoddy workmanship. Right. So he turned to the uh, the estate agent and said, um, that doesn't look very safe. That must contravene some sort of, um, you know, health and safety regulation. And the estate agent just said, oh, no, no, that's normal for a place like this that's just been redecorated. That's the new way of doing things. <laughs> My dad said, mm, I've been dealing with electrics for about 35 <laughs> years in my work. That isn't the norm. And are you telling me that that's okay? And he went, yeah, you know, very safe. And then my dad just went, right, so if my son gets electrocuted (laughs) to death, I can come to you and say, it's all right. He said it would be fine. (laughs) And the other thing about my estate agent was I saw another flat, which I really liked. And I said, yeah, I'll take it. It was in my budget. It was nice. I put in all the paperwork and everything I needed to do. Got a date to move in. It all looked fine. Bit like your scenario, I got to two days before the move-in date and I hadn't heard a thing. So I tried to phone him. Couldn't get hold of him for love nor money. Of course you can't. Finally, on the Friday, before I was due to move into the flat, I left a very desperate message for him. And his name was David. I'll never forget his name was David. And he was a typical Dave. I won't forget mine's name either. It'll be burned into my (laughs) memory for the rest of my life. So eventually, can Dave phone me? I'm supposed to be moving in tomorrow and I've heard nothing. Right? He then phones me up and he goes, oh, yeah, I've been meaning to phone you. I'm really sorry, but you've been turned down. Uh, what i'm moving in tomorrow i packed i packed all my stuff with oh yeah i'm really sorry about that but uh yeah you're not moving in it's a god-awful small affair david bowie life on mars on croydon radio it's the trevor ben show and it's time for Mr. Ben Harmer's Corking Games Compendium. Ben's Corking Games Compendium, everyone's favourite feature. The all-new compendium. The all-new compendium. The all-new drum of destiny. It's very exciting, isn't it? Well, when you had spruced it up after our little break, I must say I was terribly impressed. <laughs> I didn't think you would do anything with it whilst it was in storage, while Croydon Radio was moving. Oh, I visited it daily. Did you? I did. And you, you polished it, you painted it. You, oh, it's a wonderful thing. But not only have you physically changed the drum of destiny... You have also changed the game. I did. We now have five new brand spanking new games to choose from. Wow, and those games are? When on Earth, 3 and 5, Polyphonic Pop, uh, Forehead Detective, and Get Yourself Connected. Of course, we had Get Yourself Connected last week, the first one of the brand new compendium. Oh, yes. So let's find out um, what it's going to be this week. I'm going to give the the all-new Drum of Destiny an almighty spin. Sounds very much like the old one. Look at that sturdy workmanship. It is very sturdy. I'm very impressed. Was there any welding involved? Oh, yes. Oh, it's landed on Forehead Detective. Ah. Now, what's this one? This is based on... Do you remember those uh, parlour games where you go to a party and you get a, a sticker, a post-it note put on your forehead? Oh, I like that game. Uh, people have to give you clues, but they can't tell you who you are or what you are. Yes. Uh, they've got to give you clues and you've got to work it out. It's a little bit like Who Am I? Uh, moving on <laughs> It's not quite the all new so, so for the purposes of this game I have a face full of post-it notes You do, you do And you've got to try and remove as many of those post-it notes from my face as you can And score a point for each one And the theme of the post-it notes are going to be superstars Superstars, yes. okay So I've got to describe them to you and I get the points How many points do I get for each one? It's as many as you can get off in a minute Okay, alright oh, I'm ready for this um, uh, I think he was married to Britney Spears. Uh, oh, was it that dancer? First name, like, Costner. Kevin. Um, second- Edeline? Federline? Yes. Is it? Yes. Um, a tennis player, very famous, planet, planetary name. Pluto. No. <laughs> very famous sisters. There are sisters. Venus and Serena Williams. Just the Venus. Venus Williams. Um, no idea who that is. Pass. Um, second name, the name of a lovely computer... Mac. Yes. Uh, first name. Lee Mac. Uh, no. Um, uh, uh, sounds like. Sounds like Herney. Ernie Mac. Uh, Bernie Mac. Yes. 
Oh, um, married to seal. I don't know. Surname sounds like a fruit, like plum. <laughs> like plum? Yes. What, sounds like plum or a fruit like plum? Sounds like plum. I don't know. Um, Heidi Klum. Heidi Klum. Time's up. Oh, <laughs> God, that was terrible. So how, how did I do? I think you got two, didn't you? Just the two? Kevin Federline, yeah. Venus Williams... Bernie Mac we got Yeah Three Three That was in a minute We got three We used to get in the high teens Early twenties when we did Who Am I Well I think that's because I was a very good guesser Oh yeah Muse and Uprising on Croydon Radio It's the Trevor and Ben show I've got to say Ben I quite like that game I yeah. mean I know yeah, It's early days isn't it? You know, I've got to get into the swing of it. You had all that practice with uh, Who Am I, of course, with the descriptive element of it. And the challenge to this one, of course, as well, is that every time we play it, it will be a different category. Yes, yes. And I've got to pull the post-its off your face. Yes, that's fun. I mean, there's more There's more to this than meets the eye. Well, speaking of eye, you nearly took my eyebrow with it. <laughs> well, I think you look better. <laughs> I've actually finally solved the monobrow problem. I look surprised. <laughs> now, you mentioned that you're moving. Um, how are you feeling about your new possible neighbours because there isn't that thing that people have to do now they have to tell you whether you've got problem neighbours or whatever well I'm in the fortunate position that I only need to worry about one set of neighbours because we've got nothing on the other side of us oh that's nice yes so are they nice as far as you know I haven't met them I don't know was there anything on the washing line? Did you notice that sort of thing? I didn't know. Should I have, should I have researched this? I think it's always good to see what people have got on their washing lines. Maybe that's why they're moving. <laughs> yeah. Oh dear. <laughs> Uh, there was a great story I was reading the other day about um, uh, a, a little village in Devon and um, a, a lady who's 65 hung out some um, just uh, the, the relatively innocent but slightly frilly nipples. <laughs> and, uh, Sorry, that's the inner five-year-old laughing at that. Sorry. <laughs> but it's caused a bit of a stir in the little village because she hung up the frilly underwear. Uh, she's had nasty notes through the door. From neighbours. Oh, I thought you were going to say nasty notes pinned to the knickers. <laughs> no, no. That been good. Uh, she had one note that was poorly spelt, by the way. I love this. It said, um, it is total inappropriate <laughs> for this type of garment to display opposite the village primary school. They're a, <laughs> they're a member of this community that would welcome a halting of this. Thank you. Now, would children really notice Freddy Knickers? When I was at primary school, I don't think Freddy Knickers on a washing line would have caught my attention at all. No, I don't think so. I mean, it might have caused some sniggering or giggling, but I think whoever wrote that might want to go back to school so they can work out how to you know, form a sentence. <laughs> yeah. Now, you say, uh, was the note pinned to the Knickers... They weren't actually pinned to the knickers, but the knickers were taken off the line and posted through the letterbox with the note. <laughs> That's <laughs> a bit creepy. That's, that is a bit creepy, isn't it? Someone's been handling your smalls, would you? I wouldn't trust them again. I, no, I wouldn't be that happy about that, to be honest. They might have put itching powder or God knows what inside them. Yeah, and, you know, if they're frilly, I mean, I, you know, this woman's a grandmother. But if they're frilly, maybe she's wearing those, you know, for a bit of, uh, you know, some fun times. I thought women of a certain age adopted bloomers instead of frilly knickers. It's the 21st century, Ben. <laughs> you can have frilly knickers up into your 90s now. You, know, you can. I mean, there is no age where it is not inappropriate to be a little bit sexy, Ben. At what age, <laughs> if at all, because I don't know about these things. Yeah. At what age do, as I say, if they're at all, do women stop wearing the thong? Stop wearing the thong. Does does that happen? Um, Are you going to get, you know, a lady on a Zimmer frame rocking the thong? Well, I think it's quite possible. I think this generation will will carry on with the thong. I was in my pub the other day, and there was a lady in there, I would guess in her 60s, and um, I don't think she was wearing a thong, but she was wearing knickers that were, let's just say they were riding very high, uh-huh. and she was wearing a very short skirt. Um, don't say that because it wasn't you know I don't mean this nasty but it wasn't the prettiest sight I've ever seen <laughs> and I felt it was unnecessary but chauvinist no, pig <laughs> I don't think there's any age where the uh, the thong becomes uh, an article of clothing that is no longer viable for a woman you know if, if a woman in her 90s wants to wear a thong I don't have an issue with that it's not my you know good what's my problem when I'm, when I'm in my 90s I may well want to see Gladys with a you know <laughs> with a G-string might I? Maybe. <laughs>
Um, but uh, I'll tell you the one weird thing that happened with my family once. Um, if you're my, still doing that at 90, you've, you've done well. Yes, I mean, I couldn't even raise a smile. <laughs> but when, um, when, when I was a kid, I always remember this weird thing happening, right? When um, uh, one morning, it was in the summer, so my mum had left some washing out on the line overnight, including a pair of my dad's trousers, right nothing nothing frilly nothing, <laughs> nothing weird just a pair of working trousers i'm hoping these trousers weren't in full view of the local primary school uh, no they weren't Good. No, no there was no primary school involved <laughs> someone think of the children <laughs> <laughs> but the next morning uh, my mum went out into the garden and my dad's trousers were no longer there and in the bushes was another pair of trousers that didn't belong to my father <laughs> So, so my mum, I always remember my mum coming in and going, to my dad, your trousers have gone. Yeah. And there's another pair of trousers that aren't yours in the bushes. So then we had this whole sort of mystery for the whole morning. And um, in the end, my dad actually phoned the police. No. Because the theory that he had, which was backed up by the police, was that probably somebody was on the run from the police and there was a description out and what they were wearing and they jumped over the fences and had seen a pair of trousers on a washing line and thought well I can change <laughs> so that I can change my appearance and be on the run from the police were the trousers he'd left uh, a substandard pair of trousers were they nasty looking ugly trousers they were just a pair of jeans as far as I remember so there was no reason to switch them because they were an inferior pair of trousers no no and this is why we felt it was more a criminal escaping the long arm of the law yeah and taking my I remember my dad being mortified because those trousers that were taken were his favourites Never got them back, though. Never got them back. Now, if you we could go into the Wallace and Gromit theme tune here, that'd be awesome. <laughs> yeah, we haven't got that. Aww. Here we do some use and the power of love. Uh, a song, of course, from Back to the Future, Ben. Oh, yeah. Uh, still not you, seen it. You still haven't seen Back to the Future? No. This is something we have to resolve. <laughs> I cannot understand how you have got to... What age are you now? 28. 28 without seeing any of the Back to the Future films. I will try and get around to it. They are some of the best films you would ever see, Ben. Okay. Particularly the first one. The first one is just incredible. And um, there was a wonderful thing this week where a man was pulled over by the police because he was driving a DeLorean, which of course is the car... Uh, driven by Marty McFly. Yeah, I knew that. Doc yeah. Brown. Oh, you know that much? I know. I know the DeLorean, Doc Brown, and Marty McFly. That's about it. Uh, well, there you are. See, so uh, the DeLorean was being driven at eighty-eight miles an hour <laughs> on the roads of Essex. Uh, so the police pulled him over for speeding. The man in the car is denying that he was trying to time travel <laughs> because, of course, eighty-eight miles an hour is the magic number, which uh, causes the DeLorean to uh, break all the barriers of time and space. Now, of course, I, I don't... I haven't seen the film, but I do, I do know a little bit about it like that. So I think if you have a DeLorean and you don't at some point in your life try and hit 88 miles an hour, you're, in, you're irresponsible. But I was going to say, you know, he's had to go to court. Uh, the case was dismissed, by the way, uh, because the police officers failed to turn up at the, uh, the court on the day, so he got away with it. Really? Yeah. Is that a thing? I suppose it must be, yeah. Right, I'm taking advantage of this. Right, Trevor, I need a favour. <laughs> yeah, what's that? <laughs> I'm going to murder my estate agent. <laughs> On my day in court, I need you to kidnap the arresting officer. Can you sort that out? That's asking quite a lot of me. No, it's fine, because then I'll get off scot-free, and then in your day in court for kidnapping a police officer, I'll I'll kidnap that one. (laughs) We'll be in a bit of an endless loop, but we'll never go to prison. Well, yes, but it's going to take up a lot of our time. That's fine. (laughs) I'm not sure I want to get into this. Trust me, it's worth it. Friends of the show, the Silver Bayonets and Low on Croydon Radio. It's the Trevor and Ben Show. Ben, still slightly uh, perturbed by the fact you haven't seen Back to the Future. Now, I know that obviously you weren't born till, what was it? 1988. But therefore, I thought you, you missed out on a lot of classic 80s films. And I, I just wanted to check, have you ever seen like uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off? I have. Uh, the Breakfast Club? No. Ghostbusters? No. Never seen Ghostbusters? Sorry, no, I haven't. E.T.? Yes. The Goonies? No. No. Somebody else at work gets at me for not having seen The Goonies. Uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. I've seen one or two of the Indiana Jones ones. I can't. I don't think I've seen all of them. Oh man, this I couldn't is even tell you. What's the one with the little annoying kid? Indy, Indy. Yeah, I think that's the. Oh, I don't know which one that is, but um, he's not annoying. He was. He was to. Was to be. 
Stand by me. You ever seen that Stand by me? Nope. The Gremlins. Nope. <sighs> I know the rules though. Don't feed them after midnight. Don't yeah. get them wet, and don't do something else. Beverly Hills Cop. Yes. Uh, Beetlejuice. No. Caddyshack. No. Blue Velvet. Never heard of it. Karate Kid. No. Airplane. No. This is Spinal Tap. No. This is unbelievable. <laughs> I tell you what I'm going to do. Right. I'm going to make. Sure, I'm going to talk to your bosses at work, and I'm going to tell them that it's special circumstances. I'm going to get you a week off work. Yeah. And I'm going to tie you to a chair <laughs> and just play your 80s films 24-7 and educate you in the world of the 80s. I'll get a week off. Right, ladies and gentlemen, listen up. Welcome to the Trev and Ben. And it's the Pub Quiz! So the Pub Quiz, Ben. Uh, three questions. An easy question for one point, a medium question for two points, and a hard question for three points. Today's category, television, which I thought would be one of our strongest. Uh, yes, uh, we should do well. Uh, you are, of course, the quiz master, which means you have to have a nickname. What's your nickname this week? Thank God it's not 80s films. Uh, <laughs> uh, normally, I try and use Ben and Crowbar Ben in somehow, but I think, you know, I've got, I've got other names. So, um... I think this week I'll be known as the estate agent Harmer. The estate agent Harmer. Yeah. That is a bit of a threat. <laughs> yeah, it is, isn't it? Yeah, I'm, I'm not liking that at all. That deserves a second. Ah. Oh. Yeah. Um, okay, question number one for one point. Question number one. Who played PC Nick Rowan in the first series of the police drama Heartbeat? Oh, I think I know this. You see, that was an 80s, <laughs> that was an 80s show. I'm going to put down the only thing I know about Heartbeat. Yeah? And it's not going to be right. Oh, it might be. That it, might be the only thing you know about Heartbeat. It won't be. Oh, okay. <laughs> Question number two. Andy Millman, Maggie Jacobs, oh, and yeah. Darren Lamb are the central characters in which British comedy? Oh, I know that. That's easy, that. And you know I know that. I know you know that. That's, that's easy for an estate agent, Homer. <laughs> Question number three <laughs> for three points. Who are the two men to have hosted The Apprentice, You're Fired? Ooh. Oh, because it's going to be a new host, isn't there? Is there? What? There's only uh, been one so far. Rod Gilbert is taking over for the new series. Um, but I think the one's... Sorry, been... have you just not given me the answer then? Um, no. No, that's not the answer. That's okay. not the answer at all. No, because actually that question's a little bit out of date. Oh, I beg, uh, your, beg your pardon. So, yeah, I'm sorry about that. Uh, only no one. I didn't know somebody else did it. Well, there's been three people doing it now. That question's very... Much, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put all three down that have done it. In uh, fact, I'm going to put the fourth as well. <laughs> I don't yet? care anymore. Who's up for that one? <laughs> Um, yes, I, th- I know exactly who's done it. Right? Okay. There we go. I've had a punt. You've had a punt. Well done. Question number one. Yes. Who? Hang on a minute. Was it... Can I ask a question about that, or is that cheating? No, you can ask a question. Go for it. Was it someone involved in the original programming of the original show, or is it someone completely different? What? Is it, an, is it another comedian? Uh... Oh, let's just crack on. <laughs> question number one. <laughs> Who played PC Nick Rowan in the first series of police drama Heartbeat? What have you put? I'm going to say Greengrass. Greengrass? Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's ridiculous. You know that old man who was sort of Greengrass. filthy? Yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, no, no. I'm going to say he played uh, <laughs> PC Nick Rowan in the first series. I think it was Nick Berry. Okay, uh, the answer is Nick Berry. Yes, come on, I'm one up. Question number two. Andy Millman, Maggie Jacobs and Darren Lamb are the central characters in which British comedy? Uh, I said extras. Extras. It is extras. And question number three. Who are the two men to have hosted The Apprentice You're Fired? Wow. Well, what have you put? Uh, I've said Dara O'Brien. Yeah. Because I know he has. Then I didn't know what to say, so I wanted to put someone involved in it. Nick Hewer, but he might be busy doing Countdown. Yeah. Can I have a stab at someone else? Go for it. Lee Mack. Lee Mack. Okay. Uh, I'm going to tell you all four people, including Rod Gilbert, who's going to be doing it for the next series. I'm I'm not expecting any more points. I'm just showing off. Okay. Uh, Adrian Childs. Correct. Dara O'Brien. Yeah. Jack D. And now Rod Gilbert. Jack D's been involved, has he? He did the last one. It wasn't very successful. How old is this book? <laughs> what do you mean this book? You're the quiz master. Oh, yeah. Surely you're making these up as you go along. Mumford and Sons, and I will wait on Croydon Radio. And just to confirm, you got a full house on the pub quiz and thrashed me by, what's that, six points to two? Um, six points? Yeah. Did I get all bonus points then? No, three for the third question, oh, two yes. for the yeah, second one. Oh, yeah. Sorry, my maths. Come on, follow the bit. format, man. <laughs> well, we've, we've only been doing it for about three years. <laughs> You'd have thought I'd know him by now. <laughs> Think the link. So think the link, Ben. Uh, here with the three songs.
Obviously, you've been on your own today, but uh, you've been pretty confident throughout the show. Yeah, that you had this. Yeah, you had this one nailed in the bag. I thought so. I'm not. Sh- I'm not entirely sure, but I'm confident. All right. Well, we're looking for the link between the three songs. Can you identify the songs to start with? I think the songs were the first song was "Flying Without Wings" uh-huh. by Westlife. Uh, yeah. Uh, I wasn't sure if it was Poison or not. But, uh, Westlife. Uh, the second one was um, Elton John. No. Third one I didn't know. <laughs> That scuppered me a little bit. Ah. What did you think the Elton John song was? I don't know. Oh. I didn't know that either, but I thought it was something about to fly. And my answer was going to be flying. Or oh. fly. Oh, what a shame. I've got it wrong. You have got it wrong. Yeah. No. You're in the right ballpark, but you have got it wrong. Aviation. Uh, no. <laughs> Airports. <laughs> no. I'm sure it was about flying. Uh, well, it, oh, how embarrassing. I we... mean, it is about flying, but that's not the link. Are you nitpicking? Uh, no, no. What's the link? Let me run it through for you. So it was Westlife, Flying Without Wings. The second one, not Elton John, Jeffrey Osborne, On the Wings of Love. That was it. And the last one was Wings, Silly Love Songs. The link, therefore, Ben, is... Well, I mean... Wings, Wings was nothing to do with the first song. Yes, it was. No. Flying without wings. I mean, wizards can fly without wings. <laughs> the link is wings. Harry Potter could fly. He didn't have wings. The, uh, it was flying, if you Harry ask me. Harry Potter's got nothing to do with this quiz. You're trying to take this off on a tangent to cover up your own inadequacies. I, I, th- I think that's completely outrageous. I think I gave you the answer that, that everyone, you, everyone's flying. Flying, flying I, you said. The link wasn't the equipment we were using to flying. The fact that, was that we were all flying. The no. link was flying. The link is wings. It's done and dusted. Shut your mouth. Wrong. <laughs> That's about it from us. Uh, Stand by. Ice Station is on the way next. Uh, we're back with our midweek podcast around Thursday this week. Uh, you can get in touch with us anytime on Twitter over the next seven days at Trevor and Ben. And uh, we'll see you again at live 9am from our brand new home here at Airport House. Uh, Till then, take it easy. Bye. The Trev and Ben Show.